Well, we're another week closer to the college football season getting underway. Um, actually, I guess I could say another day closer, another week closer, however you want to put that. Oklahoma football kicks off in just over, I mean, just a smidgen over two weeks, and uh, things are coming closer, which also means as the season approaches, not only are we closer to season kicking off, but we're also closer to an official naming of the next starting quarterback at the University of Oklahoma. We're going to talk about that here in just a minute. Welcome to Sooner Nation, the online podcast for Heartland Sports, heartland-sports.com. Matt Hofeld here with you flying solo. Um, coming to you from probably the second noisiest city I've ever been to, um, New York City. Uh, if, so if you hear background noise, fire trucks, ambulances, airplanes, honk, Horns honking, it's all going on right now here in uh, Queens, New York. Um, I would put this on par with Bogota, Colombia. Hands down, Bogota, Colombia, the uh, noisiest city I've ever been to, but New York City, not that far behind. Um, but that's not what you're tuning in for. You're tuning in to talk Oklahoma football. So let's jump right into that. Uh, news this week uh, Austin Jackson transfers from Clemson to the University of Oklahoma. Safety uh, gives Oklahoma depth in the secondary. Anytime you can add depth to your roster, that's a good thing, P- particularly when you can add quality depth to your roster. Now, Jackson was never a full-time starter at Clemson. He was a special teams player. He was a spot player, but he never found his way on the field to be a key contributor in the national championships that Clemson has played in and won. But here's the thing. He knows about the work ethic. He knows about what it takes to be a part of a championship caliber program, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. And when you can add somebody of that caliber, of that magnitude to your depth, you're always for that. You always want to do that. But it's interesting to me that the announcement, that they, they released the roster update with Jackson on it the day after Alex Grinch kind of played down the competition at the safety spot. Um, you know, basically on Monday, uh, Grinch said that Patrick Fields and Delarian Turner yell, they were the clear favorites for the two safety positions. In fact, Grinch even said on Monday, here, here's his quote. I'd like to be more, I'd like there to be more competition at this point, but those guys speaking specifically of, of Turner yell and fields, but those guys have done a nice job picking up from where they left off camp. Uh, and are continuing on. Now, the camp he's talking about is spring, where both Patrick Fields and Delarian Turner Yell kind of emerged as the favorites at the safety spot, which makes you wonder, um, you know, about a guy like Justin Broyles, who had had all the talent in the world, it seemed like, and, and it just kind of injury buried him. Justin Broyles is one of those guys a year ago, we're talking about how he talks trash, how he's one of the leaders on the defense and kind of given that swag very much in the same category we're talking about Bookie. But as we know, Bookie's season didn't really turn out. Patrick Fields uh, jumps in there when Justin Broyles gets hurt. Delarian Turner Yell had some injury problems himself early in his career. He jumps in and now these two guys appear to be, if you're listening to Alex Grinch, they, they appear to be the clear-cut starters, but wait, on Tuesday it was announced that Austin Jackson's joined the team. 
And so, you know, and here's what Lincoln Riley says about Austin Jackson. He's got some great experience, and he certainly looks the part coming in here. What part does he look? Does he look the part of a guy who is a graduate transfer that has four years of experience in a college football program? I mean, it doesn't take a lot to look that part. All you got to do is hang around a football program for four years. And you know, oh yeah, this guy looks like he's played football before. This guy knows the drills. He knows how to warm up. He, he knows how to rotate in, 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 in practice. Is that the part that Austin Jackson looks or does Austin Jackson look the part of a player? And, and that's that's kind of where we as fans and as the media, we're left to kind of connect the dots here, trying to figure out where does Austin Jackson play in this role? Be, because on Monday, it's it's Turner Yell and it's Fields. They're, they're the clear-cut front runners. Then on Tuesday, oh yeah, Austin Jackson's here. We kind of snuck him in on the roster. You guys noticed that, so let me talk about him. He looks the part. Okay, what what part does he look? And and you got to wonder if he looks the part as a guy who's contending to play to to start at the safety position. Then what is Grinch talking about? Who is Grinch sending a message to on Monday when he says? Turner Yell and Patrick Fields are the clear-cut starters. Who's Grinch talking about? What, what's the message there? I guess it's who is he talking to? Because there's clearly – and you, if you've been around football on, on any level, you know coach speak. And coaches talk to other coaches. Coaches talk to parents on the upper levels. Coaches talk to the media. That's how they get their players to listen. Because you can listen to something in a training room or in a film room. You can listen to something, you know, in, in a team meeting. You can listen to something on the practice field. But when you hear the coach say something to a media player on the lower levels, when you hear the coach say something to another coach, I just say media player. When you hear the coach say something to a member of the media. When you hear him say something to another coach on a lower level, when you hear him say something to the to a parent, suddenly, oh wait, he's saying that to somebody else. He really means it. So it could be. I mean, it clearly could be that Grinch is talking to Austin Jackson because here's the thing: if you're a graduate transfer, you don't go somewhere to ride the pine. You you don't go somewhere if you don't think you have a chance to compete. Now, graduate transfers go other places, and they don't win starting jobs all the time. All the time it happens. But you don't go there unless you think you can compete, right? I mean, let's talk about R.J. Proctor. R.J. Proctor left the University of Virginia. He had lots of options, lots of options. In fact, one of his options was in conference at the University of Texas, now, Oklahoma is a team that's going to be a Big 12 champion uh, contender. They're going to be a, a college football playoff contender, therefore making them a national champion contender. So Oklahoma becomes a, a, you know, a destination that you want to look at, you want to pursue. But you still don't want to come to Oklahoma unless you can compete to play. Right? I mean, you, why just go ride to someone else's coattails to a national championship? What you want to do is you want to go help contribute to a conference championship. You want to help contribute to a national championship. That's why R.J. Proctor came to the University of Oklahoma. That's why Jalen Hurts came to the University of Oklahoma. Jalen Hurts just wanted to be a part of another national championship run. Stayed Alabama. B2 was backup. But Jalen Hurts left Alabama to come to Oklahoma because he thought he could play here. He thought he can compete. And that's the same thing with Austin Jackson. 
You don't leave Clemson if you, unless you think you can go play somewhere else. Because if you just want to be a part of a program that's going to win a conference, if you want to be a part of a program that's going to compete and play for the national championship, if you just want to be there for that, why leave Clemson? Stay, stay where you are. But Austin Jackson thinks he can play. It, it makes sense. That's why he left. That's why he came to the University of Oklahoma. That's why Lincoln Riley says he, he's got some great experience and he certainly looks the part when he came here. So who's Alex Grinch talking to? Is he talking to some of the younger guys? Some of the guys that are behind Delarian Turner Yale and behind Patrick Fields? Who is he? Who's is he talking to a Justin Broyles type player? Is he talking to Austin Jackson saying, look, guys, you got your work cut out for you. Nothing's given here. If you want to earn a spot, you got to beat these two guys. Is that I mean, there's a message being sent by what Alex Grinch is saying. I think the timing is interesting. I think the timing is everything here. Alex Grinch makes his comment on Monday. On Tuesday, Austin Jackson is announced as a part of this team. There are no coincidences this time of the year. Nothing is a coincidence. Everything that the coaches say is planned. And they, they know that these players are listening. They know that the players look at Twitter. They know that the players read some of the stuff on media. Everything is planned. I personally think that Austin Jackson has a chance to play the safety position. But I think he has some work cut out for him. And this idea that you're just going to come here and because you're a graduate transfer, because you only have one year of eligibility left, doesn't mean you get a spot. You earn your spot. That's why Jalen Hurts hasn't been named the starting quarterback yet. It's just setting the tone of you earn your spot. If anybody deserved a spot, if anybody deserved to say, hey, day one, you're our starter, it's Jalen Hurts. Especially when you consider the competition he's got at the quarterback spot. That's not a dog on the other guys. We're going to talk about that. But the, the reason Jalen Hurts hasn't been named the starter yet is because across the board, it's you earn your spot at the University of Oklahoma. Nothing's giving to you, especially on defense, where you're trying to rebuild and start all the way over from scratch. We're going to talk about quarterbacks here in just a minute. Uh, you listen to Sooner Nation, the online podcast of Heartland Sports, heartland-sports.com. I'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, well, let's jump into the uh, quarterback derby. Um, you know, Lincoln Riley saying earlier in the week that uh, all the quarterbacks are doing good. In fact, he went on to say that they look better than what they looked in the spring. And he noted that adding Spencer Rattler into this mix kind of helps him look better as a quarterback unit. They're all doing well, Riley said, of all three of his quarterbacks. You know they're doing well. It's fun to watch them. They're like a lot of these positions. They're better. They're quite a bit better than they were in the spring. And adding Spencer to that has been fun as well. So, I mean, Tanner, Jalen, and all those guys are really doing a nice job. They're all performing well. That's what Lincoln Riley said about five days ago in regards to his quarterbacks. Which, if you're Spencer Rattler, you like to hear that. 
If you're Joe Oklahoma fan, you like to hear that, well, Spencer Rattler looks like he belongs in this quarterback competition. That's good news for everyone across the board, except for maybe Tanner Mordecai. Now, Mordecai is a talented kid on, on his own right, but the fact that a true freshman is coming in and showing that he belongs in this, and I'm using air quotes, you can't see me, but uh, belongs in this, with air quotes, quarterback competition, it means that the quarterback competition in the spring and then a year from now is going to be pretty heated between Tanner Mordecai and Spencer Rattler, and it's almost as if Rattler is gaining a lot of ground quickly on Mordecai. But again, let's not kid ourselves. Let's not pretend that the starting quarterback for Oklahoma is going to be anyone other than Jalen Hurts. I, I've said it from day one. It, it's going to take an, an injury or a miracle for someone not named Jalen Hurts to be Oklahoma's starting quarterback this fall. The pedigree is just too much. I mean, Spencer Rattler has to be, I mean, he, he's got to be Kelly Bryant, Trevor Lawrence, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, all that type of talent in one as a true freshman to beat Jalen Hurts. I mean, Jalen Hurts is a man. He's been around. And it's not like he's transferring from Boise State. It's not like he came in from Ball State. It's not like he's coming from Tulsa. He's coming from Alabama. Look what he did as a freshman. Look what he did as a sophomore. And, and look, I, it's, it's a tired argument. To try to, to try to belittle Jalen Hurts and say, yeah, okay, well, you got replaced by two attack Lavia. Okay. Okay. But name a quarterback on Oklahoma's roster who's as good as Tua. So just because Tua beats him when Tua was a freshman, it doesn't mean Spencer Rattler is going to come in and do that as a true freshman. Why would you not want Jalen Hurts to be your starting quarterback at this point? Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not saying don't cheer for Spencer Rattler. I'm not saying that at all. I, I'm not saying don't cheer for Tanner Mordecai. You want those guys to look like they belong in this competition. You want those guys to look like they are not just college quarterbacks, but they're elite quarterbacks. But your best hope for, for a fifth consecutive Big 12 championship, your best hope for another playoff appearance, all that's found in Jalen Hurts. His leadership, his work ethic, you want this guy to rub off on a young offensive line. An inexperienced, the way he's working, the way he's showing up at the University of Oklahoma, you want the offensive line to look at this guy and say, I want to work like him, I want to lead like him, and I definitely, absolutely, 100% want to protect him. That's what you want. L look at the spring game. There, there, was, there was no question between Tanner Mordecai and Jalen Hurts, no question who is the more experienced and the more polished quarterback. But yet, Joe Fan over here was saying, well, they had the blue target jerseys on. Like, that matters. It was an evil, equal playing field. It was All things were even. All things considered, it was all even. Jalen Hurts absolutely outplayed Tanner Mordecai. And we got to get away from this idea that, that you can't give Jalen Hurts the props. You can't give him the credit that he's due without it being a, a, a knock against Tanner Mordecai or a knock against Spencer Rattler. You, you can't do that. 
Spencer Rattler is a great quarterback. I think his potential, I think he's, I mean, I don't expect Spencer Rattler to be on campus four years at the University of Oklahoma. I really don't. I think he's that good. I think he has that much potential. And I think Tanner Mordecai is good enough. That as, as much as we've talked about the potential of Spencer Rattler, I think Tanner Mordecai is good enough that this competition will not be resolved until a week before kickoff next year between those two guys. But the competition between Jalen Hurts and Spencer Rattler and Tanner Mordecai, that's resolved. Barring the injury, Jalen Hurts is Oklahoma's quarterback this year. And just about everybody gets that. But you still want Spencer Rattler to do well. You still want Tanner Mordecai to do well because they're developing. They're learning that, that, uh, that competitive edge on the collegiate level. And they're preparing themselves for the 2020 college football season because one of those two guys will be Oklahoma's starting quarterback. And it won't be a one-year starter which would be something new for Oklahoma after having Kyler Murray for one year, after Jalen Hurts for one year. They'll be the next multi-year starter at the University of Oklahoma since Baker Mayfield. So you want to hear good things from them out of this camp. But what you don't want to hear is that Jalen Hurts is struggling. What you don't want to hear is that a true freshman or a redshirt sophomore is competing with Jalen Hurts. What that means, what that would indicate is that Jalen Hurts isn't what we thought he was when he transferred in. But go back to the conversation we just had about Austin Jackson. You don't transfer from a program like Alabama to come and be on the pine, especially if you're Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is the most prestigious, the most polished, the most accomplished, the most experienced quarterback transfer in the history of the graduate transfer program on the NCAA level. There's never been a quarterback with more prestige, more accolades than what Jalen Hurts has. I mean, Paul Feinbaum, for crying out loud, has become an Oklahoma fan because of Jalen Hurts. You know Paul Feinbaum. This is a guy who has an ongoing feud with Bob Stoops. Couldn't stand the University of Oklahoma. The, the biggest, probably in the media, the biggest SEC homer there is. And yet he's openly cheering for Jalen Hurts, even when as far as the safe, the Heisman Trophy comes down to Jalen Hurts and to a tackle of all things considered equal, he would want Jalen Hurts to win it. He went on to say he'd be excited for Jalen Hurts to win a national championship. Paul Weinbaum threw Jalen Hurts is rooting for the University of Oklahoma. That's good news if you're an Oklahoma fan. That's the quality that you have in Jalen Hurts. That's why this quarterback competition is nothing more than a statement to the rest of the team. Anybody else who, who wants to transfer in here in the future to know, hey, if Jalen Hurts had to come in here and earn it, there's nobody, nobody exempt from coming in and earning it. That's the way it rolls. That's the way it happens at Oklahoma. It's a message. It's all it is. Plain and simple, it's a message. But in the message, you got to be excited to hear that Spencer Rattler looks like he belongs in this quarterback competition. You got to be excited to hear some things along the lines of, of Lincoln Riley saying, hey, as across the board, we're better at the quarterback position because we put Spencer Rattler in there. You're excited to hear that. Unless you're Tanner Mordecai. You're listening to Sooner Nation, the online podcast for Heartland Sports, heartland-sports.com. You can find us on Twitter at Sports Heartland. I'm Matt Hofeld. I'll be right back. 
All right, let's go back to the defensive side of the ball for just a, a little bit uh, as we <clears throat> get ready to close out uh, the final 10 minutes or so of, of the podcast. And and we, we talked about the safety position, the transfer of Austin Jackson. One name, if you're an Oklahoma fan, one name that you're excited that you did not hear in competition with the safety position was Brandon Radley Hiles, uh, Buki. Now, look – I, I, I'm, I'm not giving up on the kid. I've been harshly critical of the kid, mostly because he was out of position. He's not a safety. It's still, in my opinion, I think he's more body type, instinct type. I think he's more of a corner than he has any other position on the defensive side of the ball. But to have a kid who's, what, 5'9", 180 pounds at the safety position, expecting him to help and run support, it's just, it's just not uh, – I don't know what Mike Stoops was thinking other than the fact I've got to get this kid on the field somehow. He, he's not the physical type player that the safety position requires. Think, think back to the Kansas State game. People, people talk about the fact that it, it looked like he his, his skill set deteriorated as the season went on. That critical moment for Buki was at Kansas State where he lays the big hit on the Kansas State tight end. And then we didn't see him for three more weeks. I mean, that, that took a lot out of him. He's not a physical player. And, and, and look, people, it, it wasn't fair. And I'm guilty. People compared him to Roy Williams. And, but the comparison was the impact he can make on the defensive side of the ball. He was a generational defensive talent. But people thought with the Roy Williams comparison that he was going to be a physical player the way Roy Williams was. And it's just not him. Again, I think I look at his body type, I look at his speed, I look at his skill set, and I see a guy that I think has a future in the NFL at the cornerback position. Not the safety position. But if you're not going to play him at corner, I think the next best option for him is at the nickel position. I just feel like that's 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 he's not a safety. He's not. We learned that last year. We learned that the hard way. But if you're not gonna play him at corner, play him at nickel. And then when the news of Trey Norwood going down for the uh, with an injury that's gonna cost him the, his season, there is literally no competition left with Buki to play at that nickel position. But this is this is I, I think this is a good thing for Oklahoma. And particularly if you're a fan of, of Radley Hiles, this is good. B- because you're going to get to see him, again, you're going to see him cover the slot. You're going to see him get to use his instincts, which is a lot more suited for a nickel position. What what's, what does Grinch want? Grinch wants the ball back, right? I mean, the whole purpose of the defense is get the ball back. You do that by forcing a turnover or you do that by forcing a punt. We don't want the ball back because they scored. We want the ball back because they failed. That's what the focus of this defense is. And and one thing you can't deny about Buki is his instincts. You saw his instincts as a true freshman. You saw it. He was close so many times to sacking the quarterback on a blitz. He was close so many times to snagging the ball out of the air. You saw his instincts. Now what we need to see is his development as a player honing in those instincts and actually making plays from them. 
the nickel position gives him the opportunity to do that. This, this is a win-win. I think, I think if Buki gets tougher, he puts some meat on his bones, so to speak. He, he puts a little bit more weight on. He gets a little more physical. If he can do that, I think he can thrive at the nickel position. If he can clear his head out of the shortcomings from last season as a freshman and just start over fresh, brand new coaching staff, brand new position, brand new focus for the defense. This is a brand new opportunity. This is exactly what Buki needed. He needed the opportunity to start fresh. And again, I, I'm, we're talking about a kid that I've been critical to. I, I was critical on all the way back in the last season because he was playing out of position. But if you listen to the podcast regularly and, and you heard us, uh, Rich and I, talking about our players flying under the radar, he's one of the guys that said flying under the radar. And the reason why I mentioned him specifically is because there's the potential there. There's the potential of a position change and putting him at the nickel it's the second best thing he could do. But I think the position uh, the position gives him the opportunity to be a guy who thrives. I'm all for it. All for it. Let's see what happens because there, there is no other option right now. For it, unless Austin, Austin Jackson, I mean, maybe, maybe we go back to Alex Grinch's statement. Who was he talking to? Maybe he was talking to Buki. Austin Jackson comes in and, and Patrick Fields and Delarian Turner yell, have the safety spots locked up. Maybe Austin Jackson, in, in light of the Trey Norwood injury, maybe Austin Jackson comes in to compete with Buki at the nickel. Maybe that's what he's saying. I don't know. But I like the part, the prospect of Buki playing the nickel position. Gonna take our final time out. We gotta talk a little bit about Kyler Murray. Uh, great start in his debut, his preseason debut with the Cardinals. Not so much in the follow-up game. We'll be right back. All right. Well, let's close out by talking um, a little bit about Kyler Murray. Nearly perfect in his debut with the Cardinals uh, preseason game a week ago. Thursday night, um, a little bit different of a story. The Cardinals played four quarterbacks and a 33-26 loss to the Raiders. Of the four quarterbacks, three of them threw touchdowns. Kyler Murray is the one who did not throw a touchdown. Um, Cliff Kingsbury tried to go deep with Kyler Murray a little bit more than he did in the opener. Um, they, 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 you know, they, a lot of a lot of dink and duck type stuff um, for Murray and the opener. But on Thursday night, it was more, hey, let's look downfield and let's see, uh, let's see what we can do. Let's see what we can make work. Now, here's the thing: if you watched the game or if you saw the highlights, I want you to note two things. I want you to note the the receivers. Well, actually, let's note three things, okay? Before we jump on and 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 jump in there with some other NFL experts who are uh, all aboard the Kyler Murray fail train, okay? Please don't. Please don't overreact to this. I saw tweets about Brett Hundley, 10 of 15, 139 yards and a touchdown, clearly being the better of the four quarterbacks on Thursday night. Yeah, he had the best game, not the better of four quarterbacks. Let's talk about three things real fast. First thing we want to talk about is, well, maybe this is going to grow. But let's talk about four things. First thing we want to talk about is development. Development in Cliff Kingsbury's offense. 
the odds are that Kyler Murray is going to look a lot like that debut performance we saw than the second game performance. He's developing an offense. This is a new offense for Cliff Kingsbury that he's instilling here at, uh, not here, but at Arizona with this franchise. It's a new across the board, not just for Kyler Murray, but for all the receivers. So let's look at the receivers. Murray's trying to go deep. Some of the receivers aren't running deep. So there were some overthrows there. And some of that's maybe Murray being a little bit jacked up, a little bit juiced up. But some of that is also connecting and learning the learning the speed, the pace, making that, you know, that bond with those receivers. It's the reason why you play preseason games. You, you get to try all this stuff out on the field of competition and see how it works. What you saw, the starting 11 guys for game two of the preseason, chances are they will not be the starting 11 guys when the season actually starts next month. But you have the chance to try it out. You have the chance to see what, what is the chemistry like here? What does this look like, quarterback and receivers? Let's look at the offensive line. I said this last week, and, and I, I truly mean it. The, the line that Kyler Murray played behind last, last season at the University of Oklahoma is a better offensive line than what he's playing behind right now at Arizona. Better offensive line. I mean, I don't care what you say. I don't care if you talk about dollars that these guys are making. I don't care if you talk about NFL years of experience. I don't care if you talk about the, the amateur collegiate level versus the professional level. I don't care. Watch them play. Watch the film. Better line at the University of Oklahoma than what he has right now in Arizona. Which brings me to the fourth point. Murray was told, I mean, you, you could watch this. Look at the two sacks. Look at the two sacks he took. He was told, don't get hit. You are our $30 million investment. Do not get hit. Both the times that he's sacked, he goes down. Now, to, to his credit, that's something he did at the University of Oklahoma as well. But it's the same situation. Don't get hit. You're our quarterback. We have zero chance without you. All due respect to Austin Kendall. But remember also, Austin Kendall spent a lot of time hurt last year. Kyler Murray is an expert at not getting hit. That's one of the reasons why Arizona found him a little bit attractive. We can invest $30 million in this guy, and he knows how to not take a hit. I mean, it was clear that someone talked to Kyler Murray before that game and said, this means nothing. Do not get hit. Now, the other guys that played, they've got to earn something. Hundley's got to earn something. Anderson's got to earn something. There, there, there's four guys fighting for three roster spots. You know Kyler Murray has his locked up, so that means there's three guys fighting for two more roster spots. One, somebody who played last night is getting, they're getting the ax. One of the four quarterbacks who played Thursday night will not be on this team when the season starts. Kyler Murray, three of eight, 12 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions, sacked twice. I'm okay with that. I'm working on chemistry. Kyler Murray's out there throwing deep routes today and Saturday and Sunday and Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. All the way up into my next preseason game, he's spending more time throwing deep routes, working on the timing, working on the chemistry. 
But you saw something different on Thursday night than you saw in Calamari's debut. You saw Cliff Kingsbury try to take him to the next step. Now Kyler's got to learn to trust his offensive line. And it's hard when the offensive line is bad. But he's got to learn to trust him. I'm coming at Kyler Murray with one of those big foam practice dummies. And I'm banging him on the head with it every time he throws. I'm getting him used to contact. I'm getting him used to being patient in the pocket. But I still don't want him to take a hit. He's faster than any defensive lineman in the NFL. I want him scrambling. I want him rolling. I want him to find the sideline. I want him to find a fresh patch of grass and sliding. Or I want him going out of bounds. I don't want him getting hit. I agree with that. But I'm not going to overreact to a three of eight performance in the second preseason game. By the way, second game of his career. Let's not overreact to that. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we're, we'll be back next week. We're all close to game week. We are so close to game week. Uh, Rich and I are going to try to get together on Tuesday to record our next podcast. If that doesn't work, I'll be back solo with you. But I want to say thanks so much for listening. Participate in the conversation. Leave a comment. Send us a, a tweet at Sports Heartland. Shoot us an email, heartland underscore sports at yahoo.com. We'd love to hear from you. We want to hear your feedback. We want to hear your participation in the conversation. Have a great weekend, everybody. Boomer Sooner. <laughs>